MSW Media. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spell. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with and done. Welcome to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. I am Dan Dunn, and man, has this been a week. I feel like I say that every week, but this, in a series of weeks that have been weeks, weeks, like weeks, this one's been a tough week. I got ready to do this show, and I was very happy that we're getting to do the show because I was like, you know what? I fucking need a drink right now. And good news is I've got wine. I've got plenty of wine. And even better news is that I've got an old friend on the show to drink wine with me to douse the burning flames of anguish that burn. No, I'm kidding. You know what? It's going to be okay. We're going to drink, though. Uh, she is an actor who has appeared in numerous fantastic projects. Uh, you've probably seen her in Miracle Workers, the Dead Girls Detective Agency, uh, HBO's Love Life, the acclaimed series Love Life, direct, uh, produced by Paul Feig, who's been on this very show, and uh, and a great Netflix film that, called Uncorked. And I, maybe it, I'm going to say under the radar because I hadn't heard of it until I was getting ready for this. And I watched, and it's such a great, I'm so glad because I loved that movie and she was fantastic in it. Welcome to the show, Sasha Compare. Hi. Hello. Hello. And I do want to say Uncorked was number one on Netflix the first weekend it came out. Was it? That was- yeah. How did I miss, I'm, I mean, I, I'm the author of American Wino and I missed that movie. <laughs> it, it also came out like, the week after the whole pandemic started. So I feel like people were either drinking themselves, you know, silly or watching a shit ton of Netflix. And then, you know, it's a great movie, but also the timing, I'll tell you, it's wild because we were supposed to go to South by Southwest with that film. And obviously the whole thing got canceled. So as it was coming out, we were like, oh my God, no one's gonna know. But it was almost... Like, I don't want to say lucky, but it was almost lucky that everybody was at home with nowhere to go. <laughs> and the film's amazing and worth a, a watch. And it got so much, it got so many great eyeballs on it and, and press and whatnot. I'm just, I'm happy that people saw it because Prentice put so much work into that. Well, and it was dope. I want to, first off, I want to raise a, a toast and we're going to get into the movie in a second. We are drinking, the wine we're drinking today is called Love Block. It's from New Zealand. And uh, Sasha and I, right now, we're starting off with some Sauvignon Blanc, okay? And we're okay. Gonna, yeah, and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about this Sauvignon Blanc in way more detail. But this is a 2019 Sauvignon Blanc from Love Block, and cheers again, once again, ching. Sure. There we go, boom. All right, so um, un, uncorked is about a a young man who uh, whose family owns a barbecue restaurant in Memphis, Tennessee. 
And yeah. it's it's a it's a restaurant that was started by his grandfather, and then his father ran it, and his father's expecting him to run it. But he's got a different dream, and his dream is to be a master sommelier. And also in the show, we're going to get into what that entails. It is arguably the most difficult test in the entire world. And uh, Sasha plays, his name's Elijah, the character, and Sasha plays Tanya, uh, who is his, he meets her, they meet cute in the wine shop where he works. They hit it off, and she ends up becoming sort of the the impetus, the one who really encourages him to go for it and and take that test. So it's a classic story. He's being pulled in one direction. His father wants him to take over the family business. He's got a different dream, and it just goes. But it's it's so well written. The acting, you're stupendous in it. Really fantastic. Yeah. And uh, and I just really love the movie. I really did. It's in terms of wine movies that have been made. It's hit or miss, you know, it's really hit or miss with these. And this was definitely a hit. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I don't even know that many that focus this much in depth on the sommelier world, you know, because what I can think back to is sideways, which is kind of just, you know, traversing up the coast, but you don't usually see a sommelier story and you usually don't see it from an African-American perspective. Absolutely. And that, yeah. I well, love- I mean. The, the 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 film reference that I would recommend anybody go to would be the documentary Psalm. Yeah, Psalm. Yeah. yeah. Which this is that is the world that he's he's that's the test he's trying to pass. Um, but yeah. you're you're absolutely right. He you know he's it's a barbecue restaurant in Memphis. It's an African American family. It's it's you know it's a it's a you know look the the reality is African Americans are are woefully underrepresented in the wine world, uh, not, not just African Americans, you know, uh, black people in general around the world are woefully underrepresented in the wine world, but that's changing. It really is changing. And, and I think that's, you know, because of movies like some where there, uh, I, uh, I can't remember his name. I've met him numerous. Dylan. Dylan. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, brother is one of the producers on the movie and they went to him for part of the story. So, Elijah yeah. is essentially Dylan in a sense, going through his first iteration. And I don't want to give it. Yeah, I don't want to give away. <laughs> I almost gave it away a second yeah. ago. Uh, I almost said, no. you know, but I won't. Um, I, I would say this: watch the movie. It's on Netflix. It's it's great. Um, I, you know, you you have a, it was a really significant role in that in that film as well. And uh, and then. You know, when we'll come back to that because I have a bunch of wine stuff I want to talk to you about, and yeah. then uh, you know, lo- uh, love life. Let's talk about that. I mean, that was a big, big hit on HBO, right? Yeah, um, it. I mean, it was huge, and it was so crazy because it, it, it's you know, this time is so hard for things to premiere. You never know what people are going to gravitate towards, and with um, billboard marketing and whatnot, it's hard because people aren't driving much. But that show. I'm so happy it came out when it came out because it it was a time where people needed to sort of see something relatable and uplifting. And it was so much fun. Um, Anna Kendrick. Wow. Wow. She's, she's amazing. And you play, you play one of her inner circle. uh, You're part of the group of her inner circle of friends. Yeah. I play Mallory. We live together and it it follows over 10 years, mostly uh, Darby played by Anna, her story of sort of, finding love but like really the the impetus is you got to find yourself before you can love someone else and Mallory's character um you know she's she's a little less on the whole 
cutesy emotional relationship scale. There's also Sarah played by Zoe Chow, who's fantastic. Um, our other roommate who is in a five-year relationship or, you know, a long-term relationship and it's sort of crumbling. So you see us each at different places on the relationship scale. And I'm just trying to like, my character is sort of trying to support, support Darby, support Anna's character, but also, you know, she's just like, why, why is this so important to you? You know, you're fine the way that you are, do your thing. And then you see, you know, things happen for Mallory and, throughout the end but it was great I mean it was a great experience we shot that in New York last winter uh right before all this for about five months and and it was just it was so great to be in the city and be in the city where um Sam Sam Boyd the showrunner and creator of this world you know has such close ties there went to college there lived his 20s there really wanted to see the female perspective which i think is so important right now seeing female voices and and just a story of love it's it's it i loved it and i was i wanted to ask you i i mean everything's up in the air now of course but are they going to do another is there plans to do another season or i i mean it's it's renewed but i'm pretty sure it's an anthology so we'll see what it's going to be what. somebody else because i don't want to give away yeah. what happens on that show either but yeah. You're, you might not be in the next uh, right. version. I no. got it. And, yeah. you know, and this is the interesting thing now when I talk to, I've, I've, you know, I've got a lot of, like I said, I've had Paul Feig was on recently who produced. Uh, yeah. And it's really weird to talk to people because you normally be like, all right, what are you doing next? And nobody really yeah. knows, you know, I mean, I, like- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a couple of things going too on the, on the Hollywood front and it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, nope. I haven't talked to the producer in in four months, and and you know you just nobody has any idea. I mean, my my manager said you should start thinking about animation, which is really yeah, because yeah, write write an animated show because that might be the only thing we're going to be able to do for the next uh, year. So do you? Sorry, I, I should have looked at more. I know that you write books. Do you write TV as well? Yeah, yeah, I've written. Uh, I wrote for Talk Soup. Um, I wrote with, you know, uh, I was, I've done a bunch of stuff. I was a freelance joke writer for SNL and my book, uh, Living Loaded got made into a, I wrote the pilot for that, which we made at Fox. Um, I should, I should mention how, can I mention how we know each other? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Sasha and, and which I think is such a, a great part of this is, she used to work at Tasting Kitchen, which is a, a restaurant in Venice, a very a great place. And yeah. I got to know you because I was a regular there and you were working there. And, uh-huh. yeah. and, I, and you know, that's I, it's hard to explain the joy. And I'm sure you feel the same way. And then I, I hadn't seen you in a few years. You left for obvious for this. And I hadn't seen you in a few years. And... I'm watching love life and there you are. And I was like, (laughs) Oh my God. And it's, it's, it's hard to describe that feeling if you don't live in Hollywood and you don't, you don't know what it's like. I mean, you would work such long hours at tasting kitchen. You were always there. And then meanwhile, you got this whole other life where you're busting your ass and going to auditions and, and all the rejection and hardship that comes with that. And then to see you on HBO, I went, God, Damn, I was so happy. I texted you immediately. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, it's a longer road than that. I actually left Tasting Kitchen for a job at Oprah Winfrey Network working in integrated marketing because I was like, okay, I'm done with acting. I'm tired. 
I took a break. I worked like a real job for a year, year and a half, but I kept getting, um, you know, calls or, or an email from different casting directors here and there being like, well, will you come in for this? Will you come in for this? They didn't have an agent. And I booked some small part and I was like, okay, let me get back into acting and see if like now's the time. So I got an agent and I was going on auditions and then it was like, it, it's like the moment that you don't put the pressure on it, you know, or that, or like don't care so much things start to unfold. I booked a small part um, in a movie with Brad Pitt. Add Astra. Add Astra. Sadly got cut, but that movie was amazing experience. Brad is like, he's the nicest person and that level that I feel like I've ever met. Who's playing. Did you, is I've, have I met Brad Pitt? I don't know if I have. I don't think I have. Would you? Oh, oh my God. Actually I did. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't say meet Brad Pitt. I, I, I was going to ask you, but I already know the answer because I went, when Chris Cornell died, the singer, Chris uh-huh. Cornell, they did a, a big concert at the, at the forum and I was, okay. and I was there and I, you know, we had the, like sort of the VIP situation going and a guy literally bumped into me. And so sorry, man. And then I turned and he said, have you seen a guy with long hair? And, and I kind of got like, it was like, I got hit by lightning because Brad Pitt's so good looking. Right. You know what it I was, was And it was him. It was Brad Pitt. And I went, uh, I don't know. And he's like, oh, there he is. Thanks, man. And I was just like, oh my God. And the worst, the, the part of the story that's, is there my girlfriend at the time, her favorite movie is fight club. And she, loves Brad Pitt and we had had a we were not having a fight but we were in an area and she wanted to stand in a different area and I said well go over there then I go I don't want to be over there it's too crowded and she goes fine I'll go over there and she went over and she was talking to some woman and that's when Brad Pitt bumped into me and she so she came back and I said hey uh, I told her I said you just missed Brad Pitt and she looked like she was gonna cry so I lied and said, I was, I'm joking. I'm joking. I said, he's not real. It wasn't him. It wasn't Brad Pitt. She's like, Oh my God, thank God. Then we go in and about an hour into the concert, Brad Pitt walks on stage to introduce one of the bands that was playing. And she's like, he is here. He is here. I'm like, I'm sorry. You missed him. I would have died. I would have also kicked myself five times, but you got to hang with Brad Pitt on this or. Yeah. I mean, the first day we all were uh, taking pictures because I was one of the astronauts that was like, my scene that didn't make it was I was sending him this message from uh, the spaceship that he has left or whatever. And it's this long message from the team or whatnot, but we had all these little uh, picture things to do of like the astronaut team. So the first day I go, we're doing this picture thing and everyone's quiet because nobody knows, you know, what to say to Brad Pitt. Like, what do you, what do you say? And all of a sudden we're just sitting there and he's like, so you guys like Game of Thrones? And then we just started rolling and I mean, he's so like vibrant and nice when we're all hanging out on set, our set had like a rec room or whatever, where we were uh, working. He came over and was just like playing darts with us and whatnot. And he just, I mean, he said such kind words. There was one day where he came up, I had done like 13 different takes of something and he was one of the producers on this. And he was like, I watched all your takes. Like you're really good. And I was just like, thank you. I, I'm, I'm like nothing came out of my mouth and he was just like right, so let me ask you a question you grew up in detroit right yeah and and where are your parents from 
They're from Haiti, both of them. Both from Haiti. So you're first generation here. Grew up in Detroit. Yeah. Detroit's a tough area. I grew up in Philly. I know what that's like. Yeah. In your wildest dreams, when you were in Detroit, did you ever imagine you'd be kicking it, shooting darts with Brad Pitt, and he'd tell you how good uh, you are? Yeah, I was a very ambitious kid. No, honestly, no. I, I, If I asked my five-year-old self like, if I thought I would be on set with Brad Pitt, like no, my brain could not wrap itself around it. Like I, I feel like it was just uh, enough to like leave, you know, just to, just to get out and, and move somewhere else. Um, it's wild, but it's gotta be, wild. it's gotta be validation. I mean, you talked about wanting to give it up and quit and go get a real job, real yeah. job. That, yeah, that, right. that must've been an incredible feeling to have, you know, one of the biggest movie stars, of all time and a guy who just won an Oscar and he's an amazing actor um, look you in the eye and tell you you're really good. I, I think that's like when my heart stopped and I was like, okay, okay. Like this is, this is it. This is, this is the path I'm supposed to be taking. You know, I should be doing this and, and it, it's never not going to be hard is like what, I personally learned just along the way. And, and, you know, you meet different people. I've, I've met, you know, and worked with Steve Buscemi and Daniel Radcliffe and, and now Anna Kendrick and Brad Pitt and all these amazing people and Nisi Nash and, and Courtney B. Vance. And it's just, it's, it's a part of the job, you know, it's good. It's always going to be a struggle for all the one parts you're going to get here and there. There's a thousand that you don't get or whatever. And you just kind of roll on the roll. So I want to uh, I want to take a, a a quick interlude from talking about your career, but I want to get back to that because it's amazing. But let's let's talk a little bit about these wines. So I want to know. So again, this is a 2019 Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, got a 90 point rating from Wine Spectator. It's I mean, look, Sauvignon. Really well, Sauvignon Blanc is the signature wine of of New Zealand. Okay, well, Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Noir, and we're going to try some Pinot Noir in a little bit too. This one's from Marlboro. Uh, uh, the grapes are love blocks. Uh, they've got a, a vineyard there. It's certified organic, uh, which I think is important to me anyway, and I'm sure it's important to you, but this is a mm-hmm. really vibrant, uh, this is a really vibrant Sauvignon Blanc, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, it has this, um, I wish I remembered all my like tasting note terms, but when I taste it at first, it has this like light effervescence almost. And, it's got this, um, it's like a mineral wine. It tastes like. Absolutely. Mineral. Absolutely. It's got in that, it's got that sort of linear acidity to it that goes through. It really keeps it balanced. But I also got a, a bit of like a creamy mouthfeel on this thing too. Yeah. It's definitely fuller mouthfeel. Not too thin. Ooh, mm. that came back. That, that whole terminology, not too thin. Right. You're, you're getting there. I might have to, you yeah. might, we might have to make you our resident wine expert on the show. I used- Sell wine like nobody's business. Well, by when at Tasting Kitchen, I mean that place is a serious wine. That that is a serious wine collection. Yeah, that wine list is so impressive. And when um, Yvonne took over, especially, I mean, both Francois back in the day, and then now, I guess Yvonne imports such amazing wines from Italy, from uh, you know vendors who only smell sell in small batches. So you're really getting some like special wines. Over there. I, I miss it, personally. And I miss you being there, because you're right around the no. corner. You're right around the corner. I could come see you whenever I want. Now, you talk about wine. I got some terms here. I want to I test you, since you were in, a, oh, you no. were in Uncorked. So I, I, I pulled out my book, American Wino. Not, I did not. 
<laughs> if American Wino ever gets made, we're putting you in this movie now because you were in Uncorked. Um, all right, these are, I'm going to give you some wine production, basic terms about wine production, and you tell me what they mean, okay? We're going to see how... how all right, here we go. <laughs> blending. Uh, like blending the grapes together? That's the act of mixing the wine. Blending. Act of mixing the wine. Yeah. Yes, yes. Bottling. Bottling. Well, the act of bottling the wine. That's the act of putting the wine into a into glass a container. Yes. See, see it was easy. We're going, it, I, we're starting off easy here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cold stabilization. <laughs> I don't know. What? I, I think this is what they do to Coors Light. I think this is what they do to Coors Light to make it taste like corn fed water. That's cold stabilization. All right. Cold, <laughs> cold play. Uh, a band. That's the act behind such hits as Yellow and Clocks. All right. Yeah. Yes. All right. You got it. Yeah. Uh, de-stemming. The act of taking the stem off of a grape. That's one way of putting it. I, I described it in the book as the savage neutering of grapes. Don't think they won't come for you. Okay. Should I own these terms? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a joke. Really uh, filtering? Uh, I used to know. It's filter, just, it's just filter. filtering. It's just filtering the wine. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Like through a filter. Um, okay. <laughs> I can't do this. Uh, maceration. Macer sugar. Ma maceration. Sugar. Macerating wine, like you, ma like you, like smash it and release some sugar. Well, in the book, I described it as the uh, pleasure, pleasuring yourself to thoughts of Pinot Noir. That's maceration. What? Um, pressing. No, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> by the way, I'm reading no. this, by the way, my, this book, American Wino came out four years ago and I'm reading stuff now going, Oh my God. Like how much the world's changed. There's so much <laughs> I'm reading this and going, I can't say that now. Like I'm going to get canceled. I'm going to get canceled. If I say that. like, so there's a term in wine called pump over. And I wrote doing it missionary style, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which well, that's not enough to cancel me, but, um, today's world well then i then racking tell me if this would get me canceled so i said pump over is doing it missionary style and in racking okay. which is a real wine term racking it says <laughs> an area you can hold on to while doing it missionary style is that that's not bad is it yeah. come on I, in this yeah in today's world that would get you yes correct well that then i also good. put uh, skin contact which is a term Ooh. in wine skin talk says that thing that the HR department called you in about. Okay, there we go, right? And uh, Solera. What is Solera? Solera is a person. Solera <laughs> walked into a bar. <laughs> it's either the title of a George Clooney movie or something you put on pasta. That's what I have in the book. All right, let's try a different one. Let's try a different set of terms. How about wine aromas? Wine okay. aromas. You you were in the okay. you were in the film Uncorked, where I you, was. where your 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 boyfriend in the movie played a master sommelier candidate. Yeah. So you and should know these things. So, learned so much. I took a break. I drank so much. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll have some more of that wine, and let's. All right, here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some okay. uh, wine term. Well, I'll just tell you the wine terms. You don't have to guess these. So there's okay. one you'll hear, and this is an actual term people use: baby diaper. Have you ever heard this? No. Oh, yeah. People say what? they smells like baby. These are real wine terms. Baby diaper. Uh, what, what, do you think smells like baby diaper? Like a deep 
red? No, no. As I wrote in the book, a scent common to Chardonnay from Burgundy, where the delicate poo of French infants is often added to oak barrels during aging. It's a true story. That is dense. It's true, yeah. That's actually very, that's, yeah. Um, let's see. Diesel. You get diesel. You ever get that? People all get a diesel smell. I have gotten that. You've heard that, right? Have you smelled diesel before when you've smelled wine? I've heard other people say that they smell diesel. It's not the first thing I think of, but I have heard that. I've heard people say, oh, I get a little bit of like diesel, oil. Yeah. Like yeah. Licorice. Well, I described it as a petrol-like aroma often found in Rieslings from Australia and American street racing movie franchises, also known as Levin Diesel. Oh my God. This is the this is why I get paid all the money for the comedy. Like flaws or like <laughs> yeah. um pencil lead. You've heard that, right? Pencil yeah. lead to describe a wine. It's commonly associated with the red wines of Bordeaux. It's the number two most familiar wine scent in the world. Do you get that? Really? Oh, do you get that? Oh, I get it. Number, number two, two pencil. Two, come on. <laughs> Sasha, stay with me here on this. Come on. All right. Um, They're just too good, man. They're just too good. (laughs) uh, Rotten egg is redolent of that goddamn low-life brother-in-law of yours. Dirty dishcloth. Have you ever gotten dirty dishcloth about wine? No. No. For what? Next time, try using a clean glass. Wet cardboard. Have you gotten wet cardboard? No. It's the UPS the UPS guy dropped the box with your wine club delivery again. Come on, this is funny stuff. <laughs> um, Keep going. Uh, then you got a uh, wet dog. You got wet cardboard. The UPS guy dropped the box with your wine club delivery again. Then wet dog was he dropped it on top of your poor Shih Tzu. Oh no. Oh. Damn it. And then you got biscuity. Biscuity is like the treats you used to give your poor dead wine crush Shih Tzu. All right. <laughs> so, okay, we've got, uh, that could be a mix of baby diaper, uh, shit something, and wet dog. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to do one. We're going to do one more. This is a section of the book called The Vocabulary of the Vineyard. But, be- okay. but before we do this, I'm going to jump over to red wine. How do you feel okay. about this? Do you want to ju- try some red? Yeah. All right. Let so me. We've got well, the we've got some red also from Love Block, and this is the 2018 Pinot Noir, folks. This one got a 93 point score from Wine Spectator, and that's no joke. They don't hand out 93s. If this is now, by, by the way, if you're wondering on the on the excuse me, I'm drinking wine. The Sauvignon Blanc is 23 dollars. The Love Block 2019 Sauvignon 23 bucks. This 2018 Pinot Noir is. $32. And you have yours handy, Sasha? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Let's pour some of that. Oh, man. That looks good. How do you take your Pinot Noir? Some people have differing uh, opinions on chilled or not. Um, you could you could put you could put a little chill on it. You could put it in the fridge for a little bit. I don't personally do that. I mean, I, I keep it chilled. I keep it chilled to about 55 degrees in my wine fridge. Mm-hmm. And then I took it out, and that's where I got it right now. So okay, yeah. I put mine in the for a little bit, and then I took it out and let it rest. No, you know what? There's no shame in that game. All right. So before we get into that wine, though, let's. Uh, this is the vocabulary of the vineyard. 
I'm going to throw out some terms and you tell me what they mean. But first, okay. let's cheers with this red wine. Cha-ching. Cheers. Looking at the legs. Ching. That's a nice looking wine. All right. Okay. Mm. That's delicious too, isn't it? Well, that's nice. It's juicy. God damn. That's it. This one's from Central Otago, which is the world's southernmost wine region. And it's okay. the, it's also the highest wine appellation in New Zealand. So what that means is like during the height of the growing season there, the vineyards can get up to 18 hours of sunlight, right? Uh, it's the, it's an ideal growing region for Pinot Noir. And as I said, Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Noir are the two cornerstones of New Zealand wines. Um, again, this, their vineyard there, it's called, uh, something's, uh, someone's darling. And it, it, it's a hundred percent estate grown wine, sustainable, uh, Kim Crawford. You've heard of Kim Crawford? Kim Crawford what? wines. Yeah. Kim Crawford Dad. is that he makes, this is the winemaker. He makes this wine, Kim Crawford. Um, and, uh, it's a hundred percent Pinot Noir. Now look, we're not supposed to be talking about this wine yet. We're going to get back into that. Hold on. Don't get me off. To, I'm blaming you, Sasha. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm distracted. All right. Vocabulary. I think you're just, you don't want to, you're worried about taking this uh, little quiz here. I'll take the test. No, no, no. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. I'm vocabulary sorry. of the vineyard. Here we go. Terroir. What does that mean, terroir? That's like the ground, the ground that it grows on. All right, we'll give you that. I don't. No, we'll give you that. I got it. I, I have it down as the the supercilious asshole word for dirt. Okay. Your terms are so much more defined. Well, I, I you know, I wrote a book. I mean, you know, it's in the book. I'm reading it out of the book. I, you're, you're, I'm being, asking you to do this right off the cuff, and that's not fair. But okay, uh, downy mildew, downy mildew. Downy mildew, like the mold around the wine. Okay. Top? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a highly destructive disease that attacks all parts of the vine and can result in severe crop loss. As mildews oh. go, it's the quicker picker upper. Oh my god! Oh my god! You're hot. Okay. Uh, aspersion. This is a real term about in the vineyard aspersion what does aspersion mean aspersion starts with an e does no it start with an e? a-s-p-e-r-s-i-o-n aspersion i'm gonna take a pass it's a technique in which water sprinklers are used to protect budding vines from late spring frosts centuries ago the french who pioneered this technique would in fact hurl insults at the grapes to toughen them up, which is where the phrases thick skin, cast aspersions, and the French are dicks originated. There you go. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna use this test on Mamadou one day okay. <laughs> and see what's retained from the film. Uh, I feel I haven't looked to see what I've written about this, but I feel like this is gonna be one of those ones that could get me in trouble. This is a real okay. white this is a weird real vineyard term. Go for uh, it. Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me take a sip of wine before I say it. Uh, <laughs> you gotta, mm, it's a good one. Here we go. The term is bush training. Oh, no. Bush training. What does bush training mean in the vineyard? I'm going to say it's when you use like a trellis to train the bushes to grow in a certain way holy don't, shit don't. okay wait this is exactly what i wrote in the book 
a term that sounds like the punchline to an off-color joke, but in actuality is a growing system where vines are kept individually and not supported by trellises. Close. Okay. But close. I was, that you, finisher really, you really led me on a journey there because I thought I had it. But you, 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 you threw in trellises, so I, 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 you get points for that. All right. So this one is uh, another wine term from the vineyard, emasculation. Are you kidding? Emasculate. It's a real term. Emasculation. What does that mean in the vineyard? Changing. Cha- removing. S- removing. S- some. S- s- cutting. Stems. Cutting things. Cutting things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I. Your I really helping me out it says the removal of the male parts of a hermaphroditic oh. grapevine flower in order to prevent self-pollination yeah, yeah. as a daily that's- self-pollinator that's me daily self-pollinator this is yet another reason i'm glad i'm not a grapevine there we go especially you know, during- that's exactly what i was gonna say that's what i was gonna say yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. you know what else is emasculation Every time I asked Sasha out in Tasting Kitchen, <laughs> I was completely emasculated. All right, but well, we won't go there. Uh, just a strong woman. She... Leeching. Does the term leeching mean? Sasha compare Star of uncorked wine movie? Leeching. Again, Mamadou Achi playing the Somalia. Leeching, leeching, sticking on, sucking on. That's not piece. Sticking to something? I don't know. Sticking to something. Sticking to something. All right. Sticking grapes on something. Sticking to something. A process of barrel production during which tannins are deliberately removed from the wood by steaming. Also a process of taking advantage of wine producers across America by promising them glowing coverage in your book in exchange for first-class lodging, expensive meals, and an endless supply of strong drink. I wonder who did that. I don't know. I don't know. know. All right, we're getting close to the end. I know know you want to keep going with this, but, uh, you know. Keep going. Phylloxera. Phylloxera. Very famous term. What's phylloxera? It's for locks and rock. Phylloxera is a minuscule insect insect capable of bringing the wine industry to its knees. Phylloxera invades the vines and kills. It wipes everything out. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Uh, What is verisone? Verisson. Verisson. Uh, Verisson. Ooh, something green. And. Yeah, that, no, you're right on your, it's the. It's the leaves of the grapevines. It's the vines of the grapes. It's the onset of ripening. The onset of ripening. Yes, yes. Are these on the like psalm exam? Do psalms have to know this? Some of these. So Verisan is on there. Now, what about Verizon? Uh, that's, a, that's a cellular network. That's the iPhone autocorrect for the wine term for the onset of ripening. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Is it really? Yes. Oh, and finally, the final term, this should be a no-brainer for you. Vintage. Okay. Vintage. The, the year that the grapes are, oh, fuck, that they're picked or that they're bottled. One of the two. I do know that. And it's a label. It's on the bottle. It'll tell you. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you straight right now. Vintage is wine made from grapes that were all or primarily grown and harvested in a single specified year 
It's also my fourth favorite porn category behind emasculation, bush training, and downy mildew. That's that's how you bring it home. That's Boom. How you bring it home. Right, Man, right. if I had a hi hat right now, I'd be <laughs> bump bump. Anyway, yeah, uh, right. yeah. Out. you didn't realize you were going to be sitting in on my comedy routine tonight, did you? I did not, but I enjoyed no, it. You thought you were coming on here to talk about your career, but no, <laughs> Dan's comedy routine. No, this is better. This is good. But, but what are you? So, what are you doing now? Yeah, like I mean, how does it work? During as far as career, there's lots of auditions. I will say that um, I'm writing a film as well. So that's been taking up a lot of time and working with my team and with the producer on just the um, the concept is sort of based on my family. So that's been taking up a lot of time. But there are there's a ton of projects happening in the near future slash next year. So we're just gung ho going at it, meeting with producers, directors. I'm on hold for something that I don't want to you know, jinx, but if it goes, I'll move to Canada in a couple of weeks. Can I, can I come, with, can I come with you? Yeah. Come on over. If you, let me just say this. If certain things develop a certain way and you go there, I'll see you on, if certain things go away, I don't want them to go. I'll see you on November 4th in Canada. I'll be on my way up there. Oh, Here God. I come. Uh, let, just so people know, listening on hold, the term on on hold when you're an actor is both the the most hopeful and probably got to be the most nerve wracking thing in the world because that's when they tell well you you tell us what being on hold means. It's basically like we haven't booked you yet, but we haven't not booked you yet. But also we might go a completely different way. So stay ready, be available. But also, we don't know yet. So it's when, you know, producers like you, uh, casting likes you, and you're on hold, meaning they may, they may make a last-minute decision and book you, but they still have to get approvals from different levels, and you may be testing as well against someone else, especially, especially in this digital era. It's been a lot of virtual things, and it's, it's just not quite the same. It's hard to explain, but um, yeah, on hold means you're literally waiting on hold. You're pinned for something. So when when you're on hold, I mean, is there any way to, is it just like a, a, a verbal agreement that you're on hold or do you get paid to be on hold? It's a verbal agreement. Um, you only get paid if you are already on a contract and they have an option on your contract and they basically, if they haven't re-optioned your contract by a certain date or said no, like to re-option your contract by a certain date, they technically owe you uh, an episode fee or whatever has been negotiated, they'll pay you until they make their decision past that first like contracted end date or whatever. Do you think Brad Pitt ever gets put on hold? I mean, probably, I would, you Come know, on. I think at this point he's like, he's the guy putting other people on hold. Yeah. There's no is- project that Brad Pitt can't have, you know? Yeah. It's he's, a, I mean, he's Brad Pitt. This is he the, can- this is the thing I don't know that people necessarily understand is you can have a piece of material and I'd like to think that I do. I've had, you know, I've, I've done stuff here, but you can have a great piece of material and not just me. I have friends that have, what drives the engine in Hollywood isn't necessarily, unless you've as a creator of content have reached a certain level, but if you're 
if you're on the outside scratching to get in and you have a great piece of material, that'll open doors for you. But the real thing, like I can tell you this, I could have, I could have a script that 50 people turned down and they all, nope, nope, not for us, not for us. And if Brad Pitt said he liked the script, all fucking 50 people, every one of those fucking 50 people that told you they didn't want it would go, no, it's fantastic. We love it. So that real, I mean, actors certainly are the main, when you hear the term attached, if you have a big, if you have an A-list actor attached, your project's probably going to move forward. And then, and then there's, you know, and then there's a, 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 a good amount of directors that could also move your project forward if they're attached, but getting all the, it's getting the components, you know, the, yeah. What's crazy is also you can attach someone to a project and then they'll drop out later on, you know, so you can get the funding just by having someone's name attached to it or a director attached to it. And then, you know, they'll part ways once the funding is locked or whatever, and you might have to get someone else to be the big ticket on it. It's, it's a crazy, crazy business. It's, it's a very funny town because I've got, you know, I've had, I have friends that are established actors that I became friends with after they were. Yeah. And then I have some friends that have kind of made it, you know, they're doing some stuff and then, and you find yourself going like I, one of my, I'm not going to say his name, but one of my good friends, he was on, uh, was the Hulu, uh, high fidelity mm-hmm. with Zoe Kravitz, the reboot they did. And I was, you know, I'm super happy for him. And actually I'll just say his name, Justin Silver. And Justin's one of my really good friends. And I'm, I'm really happy. I'm like, man, dude, I'm so glad. Just like I said, when I saw you on, on that, yeah. on, on love, like, but then there's that little tiny part of you. Because again, Justin's one of my best friends that thinks, oh my God, I hope, I hope he blows up because if your best friend blows up in Hollywood and you're a writer, yes, you're like, dude, cause he's, cause he's already said, he's like, man, I'd love to play you in American Wino. And I'm like, just get bigger. Come on. You can do it. (laughs) My best friend is an amazing producer writer and she just got her show, um, I don't know what you call it in the development world, but like optioned or like, it's not like a production company wants to make it. So they give her, they give her a little bit of money to lock up, lock it up for a certain period of time. I think, I think so. I'm not, I'm not too sure how it works. Like she has worked so long in that business and she's written for a multitude of shows. And she was like, well, I wrote it for you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) So, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, Hollywood can also be a great business where friends can collaborate as well. It's, so. it's and, and that's what I, and that's really what I mean by that. And, 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 you know, but it's brutal too. I mean, I, brutal again, Wino, which I was just reading you from, and that's been in various stages of development. And there have been actors attached or that have been interested in doing this that are, like I'm, and I'm not, right? and I'm not going to say their names, but they're, they're actors that are well-known actors. And then they come, the producers or agents, they come back and you go, yeah, they're not moving the needle. Yeah. And I'm like, what? One guy in particular, and I, again, won't say his name, but I'm like, he was in, he was the lead in a lot of big comedies not that long ago. And I said, and he texted me personally and said, I read the book. I read the screenplay. I love it. I connected with it. I want to do it. And I was like, wow, man, I'm a fan of this guy. And they came back and said, yeah, we, we dangled it and it's not, going to get us what we need to get it done and which which 
there, there also comes a part, and I'm, sh- I'm sure you've dealt with this too, where you just go, fuck it, I'm going to do it myself. Yes. You know? Like, really, fuck it. Just, I'll make it, I'll get, we'll raise the money and we'll make the goddamn thing ourselves. I mean, at this point now, I feel like so many people are looking for, you know, content with the whole drought that we've had, basically, that it could be a good time to start shopping it too. But it is, it's so frust, it's so frustrating how many people are at the top of this industry controlling, you know, the, the things that go on as far as like who you hire, who writes, who does this, et cetera, et cetera. And I've heard some really terrible stories, um, things I won't say, but basically, you know, there are people at the top who say things like, oh, well, she's not fuckable. Not to me, to other people. But like, you hear these terrible things. About no one how- has ever said that about you. If they do, I, no. will, I will smack them. I will smack them. You let me know. If anybody tells you that you're not fuckable, I'll knock them out. I will knock them out. Yeah. Thank you. I'll get all okay. Philly on them. Well, you're Detroit. We'll go, we'll go, we'll go double team. Philly, Detroit. Black for me that, you know, I take care of, I take care of myself. But you, no, but- you're, you're absolutely right. And, and that's, that is a, look, it's, it, there's so much ass covering too. And you know that, right? Yeah. And that's exactly what I just talked about. Like they all pass because they need, they need that. Cause if Brad Pitt does it, and it tanks, then they go, it wasn't my fault. You know, Brad Pitt was in right. it. But if they take a chance on you, so if your friend writes you a beautiful movie and it's an amazing project, and this does happen, and there are those great stories, but they're very rare, where it's like, okay, you've you've got a good body of work, but you're, you know, I think we can both agree you're not an A-list. You're not, yeah. you're not someone that's, they're going to go, yeah, we'll give you $10 million. But, yeah, no. so you and your, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be like, oh, she's amazing and she's great and, you know, Brad Pitt said she's great, but we're not going to do it because if a movie doesn't work, I'm going to lose my job. So you know exactly. what we'll do is we'll see if Kerry Washington wants to do it. I'm I not knocking. Tra- I'm not knocking Kerry Washington, who's great. But if yeah. Kerry, it could be the same fucking movie. Everything's yeah. the same, but they'll say no. But if Kerry Washington wants to do it, then yes, because then their asses are covered. That's exactly what it is, and it's. But it's wild because there's so you see so many times where there are people miscast and they use the star power to sort of get people's eyes on it or draw an audience in. But then it will get terrible reviews because they haven't done the proper work in casting to find the right person, you know, that's really going to connect to the audience. I think what a lot of studios don't realize is studio and the project creates the star. The star does not you know, necessarily always make the project better because everybody's right for different things. And I'm, you know, not knocking any stars that have been the vehicle to get things made. I think that it's fantastic. They can give other roles, you know, a shot at, at going to the new person, et cetera, et cetera. But I do think that there's almost too much, there's too much um, leaning on stunt casting, which is stunt casting is when you just cast like a star vehicle, basically to push a project ahead. I heard a uh, Sean Penn, it was either on Howard Stern or Adam Carolla. It was on one of the shows he was on recently. Mm-hmm. He was talking about when he auditioned for Fast Times. Mm. So he had done, um, what was the movie he did with Tom Cruise? Uh, Taps or one of those. He was in one movie that was a pretty good movie, but he, he didn't have an agent yet or anything. And and he went in for Fast Times and he did the audition and he- Love that movie, by the way. Fast and he said he- yeah, but I mean that was the movie that made him, you know, and he yeah. and he said he kind of tanked the audition and he was go mm-hmm. he was leaving, he was in the parking lot and one of the casting director team came out and said, 
hey man, I we feel like you were on like I feel like you're honest. Just come back in and do it again. And, and made me think of what you said earlier when you don't give a shit because that's what he said. He goes, he had already he had already reconciled in his head that he lo- didn't get it, didn't get the part. And then he, the guy says, just come back in and just try it one more time. Just relax. Just you know, calm down, relax. And he said he went back in and he was like, fuck it, I don't even care. And he did it again and he got the role and that's it. And now he's Sean Penn. <laughs> you know, that if it wasn't, if he, who knows what would have happened if he didn't get that part, maybe he doesn't have two Academy Awards or what, you know, yeah. He would have gotten something else would have been the thing that made him because you can't, I mean, Sean Penn is just brilliant, brilliant. But you're right. It is, there is a lot in this business that's about luck and timing. It's lucky that that casting director or whoever ran out and, and asked him to come back again because if he hadn't, he probably wouldn't have gotten that part. And that movie was so huge for so many people. So there's something to be said, certainly about tenacity. For instance, Uh, how many years have I thought, man, I'd just like to spend an hour with Sasha compare. And, and it took a lot of years and here we are. It it, did a lot of years. We met a long time. We met a while. It's been like 10 years. It's been like, yeah, I think like I've been here for nine. So yeah, it's almost been 10 so it's years. Been, yeah. It's been, I mean, yeah. you, you were working a tasting kitchen from the beginning when you got here. Yeah. Uh, about like a year after I moved here. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I was there for four years too. And then four years I've been. Out, so. And again, wow. I, I, I can't tell you like how happy I was when I, it was this, I was kind of drifting off too. I was laying on my couch tired and I'm watching the show and I'd, I wasn't, it was one of those things where I'm, I, I'd, I'd heard, actually, again, I, I bring up, I mentioned Howard Stern with, Howard Stern was talking about how much he loved that show. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, he, that's what, that's why I went to it because I'd listened to Stern that day and he was talking about shows that he's watching during quarantine and he, and he was just raving about love life. And no so, idea. Oh yeah. He, he was saying he, it's, he said it, he loved Anna Kendrick and she's so great. And he's like, I'm obsessed. And so I thought, well, let me, let me try that one. You know, I've watched so many shows story, and, and I was kind of, it don't me, I wasn't saying I was drifting off cause the show was boring me. I was just tired. And, and then you, and then I just was like, what? My eyes kind of went like, wait a minute. Who's that? I was like, holy shit. And I, I was like, I was really, I was by myself, but I was looking around wanting to be like pointing at the team. Look who's there. Look who's, you know, I actually texted uh, Justin Pike. Oh my God. How's he doing? So Justin, just so everybody's only like, what are these guys having a, just a sesh, like a private sesh now? Uh, Justin was the, uh, was ran the bar at Tasting Kitchen and a, a dear friend of mine went to his wedding and all that. And, and, his, and I texted him and I was like, dude. Did you know Sasha's oh on the show? God. And he's like, yeah, he he knew. He already knew he'd he'd seen you on there. And uh, yeah, he moved back to the East Coast, and he's uh, yeah, he's living in Maryland or something. By the way, I'm, oh, wow. I'm giving away Justin Pike's life on my podcast right now. Don't stalk Justin Pike, anybody. Yeah, um, you stalk him because he's amazing. <laughs> he's a great dude. But he, he yeah he he already knew he'd been watching the show. Oh my god, that's amazing. Oh god, I miss him in Coco. God, I miss everybody from there. Honestly, that's that's. That's like a lifetime ago. It almost feels like, but it's such a short time ago in the scheme of, you know, life. It's just things happen so fast. But I want to say back to what you were saying about, um, you know, uh, right timing or whatnot. Miracle Workers, like short story. I auditioned for that part and casting immediately, immediately said, no, 
nah, she's not it. And then I think a couple, and at that time, so this is, okay, this is just, I want to frame this to the, how the business works really, because it's all about who's attached and what the vibe of the show is. They said no. And at that time, Owen Wilson was attached to play God. Um, the show is, um, uh, the first season was about uh, heaven, sort of like heaven being a workplace setting and having these sort of underdog characters. They have to save the world um, in two weeks. And they have to get these two people, myself and John Bass, to kiss in two weeks. Um, or else the world's going to blow up because God is tired of world of the world. Great love line. Um, but uh, so at that time, Owen Wilson was attached to play God. And I went in an audition and they were like, eh, she's not it. And then something happened. Owen, you know, had to back out. And Steve Buscemi came in. And then I got asked to go in again. And when I auditioned, I went to producers as well and got the part. And I remember talking to my showrunner and him being like, oh, yeah, we thought of you from the beginning. And then when things changed, it really made more sense. So it's just a. So like, they didn't they maybe they didn't see you with Owen Wilson in that part, but Steve yeah. Buscemi. It was a different show, I think, with Owen Wilson. And then with Steve Buscemi, it was like, oh, no, this makes sense. How many seasons did that show get? It's on its third now. Second season, when the second season was shooting, I was shooting Love Life. So I didn't get to go to Prague and I was going to do something on that season. But um, now I think I'm pretty sure, I hope, I hope they get renewed for a third because it's a brilliant show. It's so good. Simon Rich, he also did um, Man Seeking Woman. And he's a brilliant, you know, writer and he wrote a ton of short stories and um, he wrote Miracle Workers. He had done a short story before and the name of it is, I think it's called What in the Name of God. His stories are just, oh, they nail it on the head with like what real life is and what the feeling is. But he does it in these like surreal worlds and settings and context that just, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's brilliant. And Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi are just. Oh. I was going to say they're. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It's Bold. amazing. Yeah. It's so good to see you kicking such serious ass, and uh, <laughs> couldn't happen to a nicer person. Um, are we enjoying the Pinot Noir? By the way, it's delicious. It's a good. It's like, this is a. Uh, this is a really. I would say this is a, sort of a signature New Zealand Pinot Noir. You get that. You know, you get that a lot of black plum flavor, cherry, sweet berries. Uh, yeah. Right? It's not too tart either. It's it's like very, I mean, if I'm looking at it right now and it has a very like light red color. It's not one of those deep, super like tannic Pinot Noirs. It has a clear ring around it. And when I taste it, it has nice like, you know, fruit tones on it. It's not, it's not tart, not too tart. Um, the alcohol comes through, I think, as it opens, but What's your go-to? What's your go-to? I mean, we're all home now. Are you drinking mm-hmm. wine? Do you drink whiskey? Wine, definitely. Um, I did get a bottle of Elijah Craig for the Love Life premiere, and that has slowly been, you know, just getting a little lower and lower. Sure. Uh, I love wine, and I love anything that's like a. I like really funky, like orange wines, like the most. Yeah. Orange wines it, became a, a thing in the last couple of years. It's yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I don't know too much about them other than a little bit oxidized and more skin contact. More I skin think. contact. So they're 
so everybody knows it's not wine made from oranges. <laughs> it's yeah. a reference to the color. You know what? I don't know if you remember from earlier in the show, we have now made you the official uh, sommelier of what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Oh. Yeah, you're in. Oh. You're in. So All right. so now we're going to be doing some future shows with you. So should we do an orange wine show? orange wine show we'll do right. an so i don't want to let's not give anything away right now let's not give anything okay. we'll, we'll save the orange one we'll do it we'll do an orange wine episode Done. coming soon um i've kept you too long i feel like not really but uh I, no, I, it's been like like i like that right um yeah. but i i really do appreciate you coming on and it's so good to see you good to see you too and you're killing it i want everybody to Go and check out Sasha Compare on whether it's Miracle Workers, Love Life, and really watch Uncorked. It's such a good movie. It really is such a great movie. My favorite. It has so much heart. I cannot, cannot, cannot thank Prentice Penny enough for his vision, his world, and that whole cast, the whole story. It's 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 brilliant. And if you love wine, you're gonna love the movie. So And even you know, don't hold it against Sasha that she didn't know all the wine terms <laughs> she's still excellent she's excellent in the film you know but uh yeah. but, you know well you're maybe next time out we'll maybe i'll bust out some of the other ones from the book <laughs> but uh i uh what else i think that's it i, I want to you know where can we uh, find you on the social medias i'm on instagram at uh at sasha s-a-s-h-a underscore compare google it you'll find it um that's it I'm not big on Twitter, and I deleted Facebook, so. Lucky you. Uh, I'm at the Imbiber, and I'm going to post some little videos of this, uh, whatever we just did here, and uh, that'll be great. Coming up, who's coming up? Oh, we got Andy Roddick, tennis legend Andy Roddick is going to be on the show soon. We've got Jason Aldean, country star Jason Aldean coming soon. And guess who's coming on? I just found out today. Tease it, little teaser, upcoming guest on the show, Pitbull. Pitbull, I got Pitbull coming on. Yeah, Pitbull's got a tequila, Espanita tequila. He's going to be on here. We're going to be drinking his tequila with Pitbull. Should we have you on? Should I be like, Pitbull, don't mind her. She's just our, she's our resident sommelier, but she also, she's, we'll have to make you our resident tequila expert. I do love mezcal, so if he's got a mezcal, I mean. Do you want to co-host that episode with me with Pitbull? Yeah, we'll right. do it. All right, I'm making all kinds of promises. I, by the <laughs> way, I've been doing this with Sash for eight years. I've been making promises that I have not kept. There are twenty girls onto the show to host. <laughs> I get it. Get the game now. Get it. I got it. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Oh, it's embarrassing. I feel like we should tell that story, but no, I, I don't want to, I don't want to make people think any less of me than they already do, but I want to thank everybody out there for listening. Uh, thank you. We, uh, we, we got up to, what do we get up to this week? We're killing it. We're doing it. Well, okay. We were number one in Angola. Uh, we were number one in Angola for a good solid week. And then I dropped down to number four in Angola. And now I've dropped off the charts in Angola, which apparently only, only consists of four shows in Angola <laughs> while we're drinking with Dan Dunn. But we did get to number 15 the other day on the uh, on the uh, food and drink charts on Apple Podcasts out of, you know, like 10,000 friggin' shows. So thank you to everybody out there for, for supporting us and uh, making me fabulously wealthy. Joking. Not yet. <laughs> Sasha Compare. 
You're the best. You're the best. And uh, the rest of you, I like you too. That's all I got.